What's up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Caberti here. And as a public speaker, one of the things you need to have is resilience because you are going to get people who say that, you know, unfortunately, due to the number of submissions, we can't fit you in the event, different things like that. So resilience is a key trait of successful public speakers. That's why we're going to talk about how it can build your resilience and your mindset in this episode. Our guest who joins us today, she is a business growth architect, speaker, and best-selling author who scales businesses from zero to eight figures in record time by providing comprehensive 360-degree services to support entrepreneurs across five continents. Our guest who joins us for this episode of Profitable Public Speaking is none other than Christine Krakus. <laughs> Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. That was a blast hearing you with such enthusiasm for me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Christine, I'm so happy to have you on Profitable Public Speaking. And resilience, as I touched on a little earlier, such an important trait for you to develop as a speaker for any industry that you're going after. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, how can we get better at developing resilience? Well, I have to tell you, Mark, I usually learn things the hard way. So I have to be, <laughs> you know, knocked down, dragged and, you know, shoved in the mud before I can finally figure out that I need to adapt some practices consciously so that I'm prepared for the next thing, right? I, I told you, I think about the, the Category 5 hurricane that I weathered in the, my home in the British Virgin Islands, and it was... Uh, the most powerful storm to ever hit the Atlantic Basin, tore the roof off my house, left me buried alive for 24 hours. And I had to live in the aftermath for months without electricity, running water, telecoms, cooking gas, you know, just uh, the kind of stuff that we're used to. Not, imagine not having your smartphone or the internet for, you know, months at a time. So um, that's the kind of experience that forces you to build resilience or find out what you're made of. And, you know, while a lot of your listeners probably haven't been through hurricanes, I don't doubt that some of them have maybe had children or started a business or, um, you know, worried about cash. There's just all kinds of what I call category five situations that happen. And there are things we can do to shore up against the inevitable storms of life and business and weather. And so, you know, the first thing that I like to talk about, and this is coming from my next book, which is The Resilient Leader, uh, Life-Changing Strategies to Overcome Today's Turmoil and Tomorrow's Uncertainties. That's being released this, this year in a couple of months. So I'll make sure and get you a pre-order link so you can share with your listeners. But and that's where I introduce the seven barometers of resilience. And you know, when we talk about category five, sometimes it's just being rejected for something, right? You mentioned that when you put yourself up for a speaking gig or, you know, you're counting on something to come through because you need it for one reason or another, and it feels like a blow. So it's whatever that comes from, you know, the first thing that we need to understand about ourselves is we have to keep one hand on the boat. That's what I like to call it. It's an expression from sailing, and I'm a 100-ton licensed boat captain, among other things. So um, that's an expression we have when we tell people they're coming aboard, always have one hand on the boat, which means being aware of who you are and where you are and what's happening around you. 
because we humans are autonomic in our responses, right? We uh, react with the stories in our heads to whatever's happening around us, not the actual facts. So if we don't get that gig that we were counting on for the, for the income, you know, we tell her we're not wanted, we're rejected, we're never gonna make it, you know, all the tapes that run in our heads. And, um, you know, we gotta be aware of that. First and foremost, oh, this is not what's happening right now. They just build the spot previously to my sending in my, my pitch or, you know, this turned out to be somebody better for this and I've got another gig that's opened up because I didn't get this one or the income is being replaced by something else. There's always another part of the story that we can tell ourselves instead of going to the go-to tapes that run in our heads. So that's the first thing, right? And then we have a self-concept. And so everybody has one. It's about, we have a, a self-concept about all kinds of things, how much we weigh, how much money we earn. It's like an internal thermostat. And we stay within 10% of what is our, quote, comfort zone, which might just be poverty for some of us. You know, if you ever wonder why you keep working at something or you keep going after something and you always end up back where you started, and so that's the kind of thing that we can also gain awareness about. What is our self-concept? So it's a comprise of three things. Our self-image, how we see ourselves, our self-esteem, and the most important is the self-esteem and also our ideal self and somebody that we admire. So if our self-esteem is low based on how we were, you know, rewarded, loved, criticized, rejected as a child, those are the kinds of things that will dictate what setting our internal thermostat is at. So we just need to dial it up. That's, you know, and how do we do that, right? This is not going to be earth shaking, brand new, never heard this before. This is just how do we get through to learn how to control the things we can control and reach our peak potential. That's what we want. We all want to have the most opportunity that we can create for ourselves. And we want to get everything out of the way that might stop us from having that. So most people will look at a, a thing that happens and let that thing, the result, tell us how we think and feel. And then we take action, right? But if we took control of our thoughts, you know, and said, no, this is not another blah, blah, blah. This is what's happening here is this. Then we can have, a new, we can adjust our feelings. We can take action from what's happening around us because we no longer feel bad. And that's how we get to the pinnacle of success. So it's really about being the little engine that could. And you start by having one hand on the boat at all times for yourself. And then, you know, being able to keep your eye on what's coming, right? So in a boat, you can have rogue wave, you know, crashing over you, throwing you off the boat if you're not tied to it in some way or holding on. So we have to keep our eye out on the weather that's coming in our lives and businesses. So that's two parts to this self-awareness and situational awareness that is really, to me, the cornerstone of everything, resilience, leadership, success. We got to start there. And Christine brings up so many great points. I mean, we all have like different things that happen to us and uh, it is like a big thing being the little engine that could, I mean, it's little steps that you take, it's momentum that you gain. And 
that's what really helps you to build up your resilience. And I feel like resilience comes and goes. Like I feel like in some moments we are more resilient than others. And Christine brings up this point where uh, when you have a category five storm, whether the real thing or your version of it, uh, it's one of those rock bottom feelings where resilience is the only option. And I feel like there are people who believe that you have to have that rock bottom in order to achieve success in the area that you want to achieve success in or just grow and reach that end goal. So I'm wondering if you share with us, how can we be resilient and achieve our goals without being required to <laughs> hit a rock bottom? Well, read my book, right? I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's taking the lessons that we get because it's all out there, right? It's all been said before. I'm not saying anything new. I'm talking about my experiences and it's firsthand, but you know, it's about deciding who do we want to be and how do we get there? Right. So um, Andrew Carnegie and Napoleon Hill, Andrew Carnegie was like the richest man of his time, richer than Bill Gates and Steve Jobs combined. And he and Napoleon Hill did a you know, massive study of thousands of people, of successful people, to find out what makes success. And most people, if I get in a room with a group and I ask them, what do they think is, you know, what, what makes success? And they'll talk about skills and knowledge, training, expertise, competency, you know. But then we'll look at a guy like, say, Tom Brady. Right? What do we think Tom Brady does to be as successful as he is? Right? He's got attitude. He shows up. He's committed. He's consistent. He, you know, I mean, plus he's great at what he does, but he's working against the clock, you know? So this guy keeps doing it year after year when lots of other players have retired because they can't do it anymore. Something is getting him out on the field operating at his peak all the time. And I'm certain it has nothing to do or very little to do with how much uh, skill he has as a player or how much conditioning he has. And so what Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie found is that knowledge and skill only make up 15% of what it takes to be successful. So what's the other 85%? I'm sure you could guess, right? Attitude. Mm -hmm. So if we already know this and we can adjust our attitudes, we don't have to get knocked down right? We just catch ourselves. It's like, I look myself these days at, I really slowed my mind down since that hurricane experience to say, you know, if I start to react to something and go, oh, wait a minute, you know, that's not what's happening. Or, hey, you know, that's that old story. Let's do it this way. Or let's look at it that way. Or, okay, that's not happening. So what else is out there for me? You know, and it is being able to learn how to pivot whenever something doesn't seem to be going our way. Because the only thing we can control is ourselves. We can't control the world. You know, there's upsets, there's weather, there's, you know, other people and their madness, you know. There's all kinds of things that we just can't control. So first knowing that we can only control what's inside and what's internal and what we tell ourselves and catching it before it causes destruction. Because you don't really need a Category 5 situation to take yourself down a rabbit hole, right? How many of us have told ourselves just from one little thing or just waking up on the wrong side of the bed and going, you know, God, what a crappy day this is going to be. And, you know, and then everything falls apart and nothing goes right for that day. But we have a choice before we even stepped our foot on the floor. 
I mean, Christine brings up such a great point where we have control over our actions, over our decisions. We don't have control over outside world stuff, but we do have control over ourselves and attitude making up 85% of success. I mean, that's just, uh, you could definitely see how that's true when looking at any successful person and people who are successful, who collapse and who fall apart, you could see their attitude also. You could see some of the changes uh, that take place that lead to those types of collapses, which uh, you could see. So I'm wondering though, because resilience, I mean, that's such a great time to be building a stronger attitude because you're in this situation where things aren't going your way. And instead of feeling down, you pick yourself up and you're like that little engine that could, despite all the different challenges that come your way. The issue though, is that when you do reach your destination, your end goal, uh, there is like this idea that success isn't always a good thing. And uh, because people who achieve success, they're at that pinnacle, they're at that top can come falling down because they get too comfortable. And you see this very often with lottery winners who they will win the big jackpot and then they will be bankrupt and broke uh, just maybe a year or two later. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, how do we strengthen our attitude during the good times when we are at that pinnacle? And it may not be something we're thinking about as much compared to when we do have to be resilient to get through some challenges. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point. And gosh, you know, it's so crazy, right? It's just you could predict it with these lottery winners. <laughs> and, you know, we all wish we could have a taste of that because we'd probably be different. In fact, we wouldn't, right? But, you know, it's the whole idea. Like for me, what I do with my clients, the first place I start with everybody is getting clarity about who we are and why we're here. Because in every entrepreneurial venture, and I've had 10 businesses on my own and with partners, as well as advising hundreds of clients, and um, I have seen what does it take to keep going in the morning, you know? And even when it's great, the starting point has to be to know who we are and why we're here. So what are our core values? You know, I take people through an exercise of understanding those three to four, maybe five core things about themselves that they are, will not compromise. I've seen them as much as 10 for an organization, but I think 10 might be more than necessary. But these are the things that you would change jobs for. If you were asked to compromise it, you would change markets, products or services, people, if they didn't align with you. They are the heart of who you are. And so they don't have to be justified. They don't have to be explained. They don't even have to be nice words. You know, it's just what's important to you that you will not compromise on. So like for me, um, you know, freedom is a really important one. Integrity is another one. Having the excitement of discovery, constant new discovery is uh, one of my core values. So if anything is aligned with that, then I'm in heaven. And I'm just going to keep going and going and going. I will get up and I'll work day and night for that. And then, you know, the other part of a core ideology is your core purpose. So when I talk about this with clients, it's the idea, what's the, the soul, your why, right? And so if you, it's like taking that, we all want to change the world and working backwards, you know, why do you want to do this? Why is that important? Why is that important? And you keep going right up to the point of because it changes the world and you pull back one 
So it's a great exercise to do. If you're not doing it or you haven't done it, it's so important. I urge you to get a group of trusted people around you um, and find out, you know, what is your why? Because then now that you've got a core and you know what your why is and your why is something that you could never achieve. So like uh, Walt Disney, his why was making people happy. You know, as long as there was a, a you know growing population, he was always going to be in quest of making people happy. It wasn't about building uh, amusement parks or movie studio or characters and merchandise. This was about making people happy, however that looked. So the entire legacy of his life then could be about you know Mickey Mouse and then all the things that came after that. So we're here to preserve the core and stimulate progress. So when I tell people, you know, they're starting out with something, we got a startup or a new uh, growth initiative, and I say, this is what we're working on now, but it's gonna change if we're gonna still be in business, if we're gonna create a legacy, if we're gonna go towards fulfilling your core purpose for being here. And so to me, that's what we do when we are at that peak, we keep going, right? Walt Disney didn't stop with Mickey Mouse and the amusement parks. And, you know, they went on to build a massive and, and very impressive empire. And each stage of that construction was part of adding and adding and adding and building on success. And I'm sure there are things that didn't work along the way, but the most important things kept working because they were aligned with something core to him. And I mean, core values is such a great thing to bring up because that's just going to guide you on all the decisions you make. It's going to guide you on, do I speak here? It's going to guide you on building the right relationships, what actions you're taking. They just guide you throughout your entire life. And I feel like some of us, we have an idea of what our core values are, but we really have to write them down, get clear on exactly what they are and have a reference so that it's not like you forget about your core values or you aren't sure which one is a core value, which one isn't a core value because not being clear on core values can really risk putting you in a situation where you're doing something where you don't feel fulfilled, you don't feel right doing it. So as Christine says, I definitely recommend you uh, think about your core values and take the time to write them down. Yeah, and, you know, pick up Simon Sinek's book, right? Start with why. Because, you know, he is, is a great book. You know, 10 years ago, he's talking about, you know, Steve Jobs, Martin Luther King, the Wright brothers. They didn't have much in common, but they understood one thing, which is you don't enroll people into an idea, a movement, a product or a service unless you know your why. And that's why people will buy from you. That's why they'll follow you. That's why they'll want what you have. Because they want, because you know your why and they want that too. Start with why. That is going to be a book throw in the show notes. We're also going to throw in some of Christine's resources as well. So I'm wondering, Christine, if you could share with us uh, just some of the places we can find you and continue following your journey. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, my website, christineparakis.com, 
will lead you to my best-selling book, The Entrepreneur's Essential Roadmap, that's on Amazon, and my online business advisory, because whether we're speakers or providing other kinds of services, we're all in business, right? So we all have to, sometimes we have to remember, I have to remind people that all the time when I work with senior leaders in transition, and you're a product or a service no matter what you're doing. So knowing how to present yourself in the world, how to offer your, your best offering, how to get people's attention, those are the kinds of things that my online advisory offers up for people who want to do it themselves, to grow themselves as a business or to grow their business. Well, Christine, uh, we will definitely have all those links in the show notes. But once again, thank you so much for joining us on Profitable Public Speaking. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I hope everybody got something of value out of this. And I really appreciate being here. You have a great day, everybody.